the DH. I really like Brent Laurie, and I bet I could watch you spread your air out all day. But when you're done doing whatever, when you're through playing whoever, you know that the Nats fans will be right here waiting for you. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Resting Pitch Base. Uh, this is episode 38. I'm Kay. I'm Laura. And I'm Sydney. Uh, please check out our website, restingpitchface.com. From there, you have links to our Twitter, Resting Pitchface with no G. That's sort of the main way you can get a hold of us. Um, we also have link- links on there to our email address, restingpitchface at gmail.com. If you want to give us a longer comment than 200 and however many characters we're up to on the Twitters these days. There's also a link to our Zalasaur if you are ever inter- interested in uh, repping any of our merch. Housekeeping out of the way. Um, not a huge amount of baseball around the, the world of baseball has kind of come to our attention, but there's, as always, there's some stuff that we, uh, wanted to talk about and we wanted to kind of kick it off with something on the more fun side of things, which is what baseball will apparently look like in the future. And I'm sorry, Sid, they're not in space. They are in space. One, the earth is in space. <laughs> Two, Baseball on Mars is going to happen. <laughs> Three, no one will have sleeves. That's the okay? most important part, I feel like. They they had like a belter haircut for their uniform. <laughs> so the Mariners decided to have a turn forward the clock day, which was just like, let's do some crazy stuff with uniforms because why not? What was it supposed to be like 2034 or something like that? Yeah, sure. Like, whenever they don't have sleeves, because it was like the Rocky sleeveless uniforms, except no one was wearing the undershirts, which makes me think we could have had that Rockies. We could have had it all. It's a dramatic improvement on on an otherwise poor concept. I'm just saying, like, Nelson Cruz does not miss Arm Day. You know who else does not miss Arm Day? Probably Nolan Arenado and Ian Desmond. I'm just going to throw that out there. Like, we could... I, I... Exactly. I need a moment because I'm just thinking about it. Ian Desmond in sleeveless shirts is a gift to humanity. Yeah, I'm not going to sing Adele because I cannot sing, but like we could have had it all, guys. Um, I'm not going to sing Adele because nobody but Adele should sing Adele. I do find it funny that their like vision of the future felt very much like 1970s vision of the future. Like it was, it was the shirt and, and. shirt in quotation marks and pants equivalent of like giant CRT monitors and like, like eighties graphics. I think it was a reference to like the, cause they kept showing like pictures of Ken Griffey Jr. In the same uniform. So I think this was their future throwback game or throwback future game or something. Yeah. They definitely did this before. And like the uniform was a thing from that. But frankly, why we are not all playing in uniforms with like starburst patterns and no sleeves is a mystery to me. They also, I think, like had people like hitting and pitching with untucked shirts, which like except for the the White Sox terrible uniforms where they couldn't tuck them in, and then Chris Sale got mad and he's in Boston <laughs> now, and I imagine he's happier. Um, like I, I didn't know it was a thing. But it looks weird and distracting. No shirt, no sleeves, untucked shirts. Like there, there are two very specific ways than that 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 can go, and somehow they managed to thread the needle between those two specific ways. Like it's not a full on muscle shirt, <laughs> although it's. I mean, it's a muscle shirt because they got the muscles. But like, and it's not. You know, 
Well, so I would actually advocate for untucked shirts personally because, I mean, half the time they come untucked when they're sliding and then they have to stand there for 15 minutes, like putting their belt back together and like, like. And you want to deprive us of that. Yeah, I was going to say, this is a feature, (laughs) not a bug. Their pants could go, one, at any moment. Two, do we not remember hashtag angry stripping when like the flaps on Oliver Perez's sleeves were declared too distracting and he had to strip mid-game. Like, isn't having untucked shirts going to be just that to the 12th degree? So I see you, I see you angry stripping and I raise you having your shirt be untucked so that you can easily wipe your face with it and all of the joyous ab glimpses that that might bring. Yeah, I... I was also thinking, you know, you have potential for, like, ride-up and, like, belly peaks just from normal moving around without even necessarily having to get full-on into... So, that could be a, a positive. Is it a net positive? I don't know. I, I guess... I mean, hockey players often don't wear, like, an undershirt under their jersey... I'm sorry, under their sweater because it's not a jersey, it's a sweater, and they're not shorts, they're stupid pants. Um, they get mad if you're, they're like, it's hockey shorts, because they are short pants. And they're like, no, 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 it is hockey pants. And I'm like, mm, mm. I don't typically tuck my pants into my socks. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, do you tape? Do you usually tape your knee socks up? Because, like, we're, we're, we're beyond the bounds here, people. I also don't um, tape my pants down. <laughs> Yeah, Um, there's a lot of tape that's involved. You would think they would have literally (laughs) any other system, but they often don't like because they they're very warm because the game they're basically running at full speed the whole time and they'll they'll do the the face wipey thing, um, while while basically under shirtless. So I do appreciate that aspect of the game. But I do also know that in my careful logging of undershirt status, we wouldn't get as much as we wanted. Said I have to, you just made me think of this because of your recording of undershirt status. I think you need to come up with a metric, like like a scale or like a, like five sad faces, five happy faces or something like that. Five shirtless faces to rank the amount of shirtlessness because I feel like this conversation right now, even for us, is at least a five out of four. On the shirtless scale. Out of four. The unit of measure is the rendon. So how many rendones then is this conversation? A- about two and a half. Um, I haven't correlated pl- player performance with shirtlessness. I'm, I'm wrapping up my umpire ejection thing, which is perhaps more serious because there are chi-square tests and Fisher's exact tests versus the only test for this will be the eye test. And your happiness levels. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that like blood testing my, my d- dopamine levels? Saliva. You want to go saliva on that? Saliva? Okay. I was like, do I test for dopamine in blood? I feel like I don't. But um, That also sounds way safer for you to be just testing on yourself at home. Yeah, so um, we can set it up to, to correlate uh, relative shirtlessness uh, probably F4. I would think it'd be S4. Shirtless, <laughs> shirtlessness S4. wins above. Shirts, shirt, yeah. <laughs> or maybe just SAR shirtlessness <laughs> above replacement. That sounds like severe, like, what is it? That's a respiratory. SARS. That's a respiratory illness. That's SARS with an S. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking SAR. That's, SAR. that's an uncomfortable overlap for me. Like, I think one. I think one is you get from yes. birds. SARS is a. It's a 
viral respiratory illness that you get from birds. And the other one you get from mammals, specifically shirtless mammals. <laughs> uh, I'm just saying. I don't know. All I know is, Sid, get a bunch of Dixie cups, line them up, write time points on them, and just spit in the cup periodically, freeze them, and send them to me. We could do some good science. <laughs> I mean, I do that already, so we'll be good. I just love that our conversation came to a, please, send me your spit in the mail. Nobody who's listening to this send any of us your spit in the mail. I feel like I need to claim that. Look, if Max Scherzer is listening currently, you can send Laura your spit. It's fine, buddy. I mean, okay, Max is the exception. Max could probably send Laura anything in the mail, and it would be fine. Within reason, please. I don't know. If if it were a human ear, but were, like, signed by Max Scherzer, you'd be like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, I mean, what is it that you people think of me? If it's an ethically harvested human ear. Yeah, yeah. We we don't want, you know, everybody has to consent to their body parts being sent through the mail here. I don't think you're... Laura, if Max wanted to send your ear through the mail... No! No! And don't send body parts through the mail, especially not without biohazard labels. Um, I found out that you can send condor blood through the mail. Did I told you about this, right? I don't think so. It rings a vague bell... Yeah, yeah. Somebody somebody told me that uh, she often receives condor blood by mail. I know a lot of science educators and not, like, the Jeffrey Dahmer of, of condors. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, I also feel like, yes, generally one can send condor blood through the mail, but I don't think it's like, if I wanted to send condor blood through the mail, questions would be asked. But your friend is doing science, so it's not weird. It's weird, Kay. It's weird to get a box full of condor blood in the mail. You gotta get your samples from somewhere. It's weird. Oh, I was gonna say she also got chickens through the U.S. Postal Service, which led to a hilarious story about getting chickens through the U.S. Postal Service. That I have heard that you could mail chickens. But what do the chickens think of it? Yeah, I don't think that sounds great for the chickens, but... The chickens were not super pleased with the... Basically, her 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 future son-in-law decided to order chickens through the mail and like put the wrong mailing address on it, and then because he's her future son-in-law, didn't have like his name associated with her name, so she went to pick up the chickens, and they were going to give him the chickens, and she was like, "You're giving me the chickens," and then she got the chickens. Was the end of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like the answer to that was, "Do you want to keep the chickens? Do you want to keep the angry chickens in boxes that have just been through the U.S. Postal Service?" I think you want to give me the chickens. Yeah, basically. She's like, would a chicken smuggler be so loud in a post office? <laughs> I, at one point, used to have to package and mail large quantities of frozen donated breast milk halfway across the country for sick babies. And I can tell you, for that, there is a lot of labeling. Because there's, like, the dry ice and the biohazard, you know, like, there, there's, there's, like, a lot of stickers for that. And the, like... <laughs> You want to make sure you are sending identified milky liquids through the mail, not unidentified milky liquids through the mail. Oh, yeah. No, that's on the inside. Everything's everything's labeled within the box, too. But, like, that's all before the fact. Don't worry. We're very good at labels. My boss wants... You don't want anyone getting confused. No. An, an old boss of mine once had to... And to be clear, she is a research physician. So she had a very good reason to be doing this. But she once had to talk a large quantity of human blood samples through the TSA. Mm. Uh, and I just sort of wish I had been there to see that. <laughs> wow. They wait, they let her through? It was before the liquid rule. Okay. Um, because, like... Although, they were all below three ounces and very well labeled. 
Because you can bring an unlimited number of vials as long as they're all under the limit, right? Or no, you have to. No, fit they have to fit in a, in a quart bag. bag. Right? Yeah, it's a quart. It's a quart Ziploc. So you could still bring several. They're small enough. They're little. <laughs> I'm thinking about this entirely too much. I mean, so Hope Jaren, who wrote the book Lab Girl, went to Ireland to collect moss and didn't come back with a moss permit, and they made her throw all her samples away. No! Uh, yeah, I it mean, was, that, it, sounds, that sounds correct. I hate to be a downer, but... You know, I mean, we're kind of like... It was an emotional part of the book, because like her lab manager whose father had just died and their way of processing it was to go collect moss samples in Ireland. Plant people are weird. Plants are weird. It matches. <laughs> yeah. Um, is what we got from this anecdote. So like they had to throw them all away. But I, I was on a research committee I'm trying to think of how much of this I can I can disclose. So I was on a committee at a university about safety, and we did review somebody who studied specifically the penis microbiome, which I got to tell you, if you've ever seen a bunch of people not giggle, that was not this room. We all giggled a lot. Just just a lot of giggling. But yeah, the mailing on that was complicated. Like like understanding like the sort of chain of custody of samples collected was was more complex than one might think. I have a strong feeling what I'm imagining is probably more complicated than the actual process because I feel like that's a process that really should be complicated for the safety of everyone. I've never purposely mailed bacteria. I'm sure I've accidentally mailed bacteria every time I've mailed something. I mean, I lick the envelopes. I, I mean, I have mailed my my cheek bacteria to get my microbiome uh, analyzed through the mail. The little swabby kits easy. that they give you. Yeah, with the little swabby thing. I imagine that for other parts of the body, it's a little swabby thing. So, yeah. Pretty similar. Sydney, how's your microbiome? Uh, normal. Good, great. Good for you. Yes. I, yes, it is. It, it is boring and average. I think we're off topic, guys. <laughs> I think we. this might be our record getting off topic no 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 a it's not and b <laughs> just like really really quick before we veer back to a topic it was pointed out at the red porch the other day and i cannot remember by whom that we have not talked about cephalopods in a very long mm, time we haven't we've fallen down on our brains so while we're off on this scientific safari i just feel like i need to throw out in recognition of cephalopods everywhere we haven't talked about you much recently but we still love you always both both cephalopods generally and nat squid specifically yes absolutely because he, uh nat squid got epically dunked on by hmm, perhaps the marlin social media person they perhaps maybe know each other um, <laughs> yeah I've, i liked the people who were explaining to nat squid that that no that's actually mina doing that and nat squid's like really <laughs> that's somebody i know and am friends with <laughs> Did Tanner Roark play football? Yeah. <laughs> We're sorry, Nat Squid. I hope you've recovered. Because that was an epic freaking dunk. And it was amazing. <laughs> okay, so, I mean, while we're on, on Twitter-adjacent uh, stuff here, there has been some stuff lately. I've seen the Twitter side of it um, with Dexter Fowler. Uh, Sid, you, you knew a little bit more about this coming in. Do you want to... Yeah, the rundown... Is he was on the Cubs when they when they won, then he went to the Cardinals for mm, getting paid, 
And uh, the Cubs and the Cardinals have a rivalry. And as much as the Cardinals hate the Cubs and the Cubs are like, oh, okay, Um, we don't like you either, I guess. Um, And so he's been getting the business from Cubs fans pretty much or from Cardinals fans since going over to the Cardinals. So like they booed him during his debut with the Cardinals as a member of their team. Um, and he's not doing very well this season. Uh, he's hitting like below the Mendoza line and, you know, he's not fielding well. And so the Cardinals GM and manager have the Cardinals GM more so have basically like have called him out publicly for his lack of effort. And they use, you know, obviously race becomes a complicating factor in it, but basically it's seen or not seen as it is enabling a bunch of racist fans to be racist against Dexter Fowler because their own team is using basically incredibly coded language to talk about, to talk about Dexter Fowler's effort level when handing players big contracts sometimes results in stuff like this. Ask Barry Zito. I mean, the thing, like, as we, we have discussed this uh, many times, the, the Cardinals fans do not really need, you know, license to let all that shit out but we don't need to make it easier for them right when your own team is basically encouraging you to do that like you know what they're gonna do because they don't need encouragement when you encourage them like what what did you think was gonna happen and and the fact that they laud themselves as the best fans in baseball tm (laughs) um no negative yeah not really so, you know, that that's sort of complicating it. And so everybody's just like, stop picking on Dexter freaking Fowler Cardinals. You guys are, you know, seven games behind the Brewers. You're right. Um, you know, just basically either either sit him or and they did, or, you know, say he's got back spasms if if you wanna do the the um the genteel the dignified yeah the genteel sort of oh we got to sit him for 10 days and he's got a giant contract and we can't like exercise other options for him and but they're just publicly putting shit out there on him like i saw the thing i saw the other day was the um he muted the 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 group texts or something the like lineup and encouragement texts or whatever yes so apparently mike Matheny likes to text everybody the lineup every day with inspirational quotes you bet your you bet your ass i am muting that if my boss decided to text me with inspirational quotes six times a week uh no (laughs) do not disturb thank you (laughs) But it turned into, like, they, they basically let it leak that he was doing that. Or did he? No, he said it himself. I'll, I'll, I'll give that. But then it was, like, one more opportunity for everyone to just start unloading on him. You know? It's like, don't air your shit in public, guys. Like, well, and that's the thing. Like, in so many ways, this is a huge double standard, right? Because the players can't say anything about anybody without being torn apart. And the thing is, like, yeah, I mean, there is a certain professional standard in any industry. Like, sure, if you're the boss, like, you have a little bit more license because you're not answerable to that person. But still, like, there's a certain degree of professionalism where, as an employer, no matter in what industry, you don't go on the radio and publicly badmouth the people who work for you. You, If anything, you have more of a responsibility to not do that. 
And once if, you've reached that level. And, and if our listeners are like, but Davey Martinez just went up and called Pedro Severino out for flipping a bat. Yes, we know. And yes, we are talking to him. Yeah, that is that is uh, that is. Hi, welcome to the I'm furious hour. Um, so not that we can get into that and we will. But like, especially in this extra foul situation where it is actively enabling like people to be the worst to him. This is not just like. Don't talk shit about your guys. This is like, we know what you're going to say if we give you the slightest little bit of lead. And like the, 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 the article we'll link it in our, in our show notes from Deadspin literally had a quote from one of their broadcasters encouraging fans to boo him. If a broadcaster is going to encourage that behavior, what else are they encouraging that they're just not saying? Right. And this is, yeah. What else is the team encouraging? And this is a white GM and a white manager and predominantly white radio personalities, essentially just encouraging all of their fans to boo a black player or to at least, I mean, not that the manager and the GM were the ones saying to boo him, but to, to, you know, badmouth a black player and encouraging a fan base that is known to be quite racist. Not that there's really any that isn't at least a little bit, but like a particularly well-known to be racist fan base. An overt, how about we say overtly racist? Consistently. And, Consistently. and the other thing and is loudly. Like, they've booed him since day one, literally day one. Um, and so it's like, yes, sometimes you get a, a player from a rival team and sometimes that rival team beat you. I don't know. Sometimes you can make them a franchise player. Sometimes they want to retire. You're going to retire their number to like the ring of glory or whatever we're calling. Ring of Honor. <laughs> I'm not talking about Jason Worth, who was on the Phillies when they used to kick our asses up the street and down the street. Also, like, you know, this is a good example because this is Jason Worth. every single time he went back to Philadelphia, they boot the ever loving crap out of him. Right. Did any of that ever become charged? As you, if we're using, no, because it was a white player, and so he got a pass, even amongst the booing crowd. Yeah, Jason Worth got away with a lot of crap for probably for being white. I mean, I know we all laugh about the reckless driving thing, but can you imagine if Dexter Fowler went and did that right now? Just as long as we're comparing the two, it's, a, it's an appropriate comparison to make. Yeah, and you know, Jason Worth had fun with it in Philly, like it was a playful thing, but like we also didn't freaking boo him when he came to us after winning the world series, like after, like directly after. And, you know, we're in the same division and we don't get along with the Phillies and, you know, they sucked for a while. So like, I guess we forgot about that, but like, yeah. And so th this is just a, like, there's, there's a bunch of layers to it, which is, if a player from a rival team comes to your team and you're paying them a lot of money, try your best to not boo them immediately. Try your best to be a human <laughs> being, possibly. Like, yeah, tr try your best to not be a tremendous jerk about it from day one. Because I, I don't know. I imagine he's pretty miserable in freaking St. Louis. Yeah, I mean, he's clearly the newest member of our send the helicopter list. Like, send the helicopter and get him the f out of there. Really, really, like. Dexter yeah. Fowler and just as a person as a human and I believe that he will bounce back from his current numbers hell let's take him for next year what are they paying him like a lot of money I know a lot a fairly large a contract. Lot like if we had room know, for him I, though, I would say absolutely I would love it but in the meantime we could probably find him a happier place I'm sure that the helicopter can find him a I mean the bar is so low at this point anything has to be better than where he is right now 
Yeah, I mean, like, the, if he wants to stay in Missouri, they're, or Missouri adjacent, then why would you? Um, like, the Royals are rebuilding. Like, there's just, you could, he could go to a bunch of different teams and they would be like, hmm, I wonder if him not hitting well has anything to do with the fact that he's being freaking bullied by his own damn team. Like, and, and while we're at it, Davey Martinez, shut up. Shut the fuck up, Dave Martinez. Like, shut up. Can we can we give context in case anybody was yes, not aware? We, we do need um, so, Yeah, so Severino, um, who we are probably going to talk about again vis-a-vis sort of his work with the pitchers and the fact that he just got sent down and there's some stuff to unpack there, but um, he hit a homer. His and it second was, ever. Yeah, it, it, and it, so second homer ever, very exciting. Like, he's a baby. He was excited about it. Good for him. I think we were all pretty thrilled. And he flipped his bat. And frankly, one of the things that I think has endeared Seve to so many Nats fans is how expressive he is on the field. You know, every time he makes a face when he throws out a base runner or like, you know, his expressions are fun. They're awesome. It's one of the things that we really like about him in spite of the fact that he's not playing very well. We like him because he's expressive. And so he's happy to be playing and he wants us all to know it or at least can't stop himself from showing it. Right. And nothing about that, to be very clear, is bad or wrong or disrespectful. He is happy to be playing. He deserves to be happy to be playing. And so Davey Martinez not only spoke to him about his bat flip and told him not to do it again, but went and told the press that he had done so. And and I got to say, like, the the act like you've been here before. Yeah, he had been there once before. Let him have fun. if, if there, I mean, I think we've all made our, our, our feelings on bat flips and our positivity towards bat flips clear. But even if you're, like, against a bat flip, like, of all the people who deserve to maybe hat flip a bat or watch it go, it's, like, the people who don't hit the home runs. And they're like, oh, my God. Dude. Like, I will never, ever, not that I would anyway, never get mad at a pitcher for watching a home run. Because, yeah, good for you, buddy. I'm really proud. I'll see you again in three years. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, when Gio <laughs> hits his next home run, I I support him calling a timeout, going to pop popcorn, waiting for the popcorn to be done, taking the popcorn and eating it as he walks around the bases. <laughs> so like Severino, his second ever career home run, which when I when he hit the first one, I was like, that doesn't sound right that it was his first one, but second ever career home run, let, let him let him be happy. And like Don Mattingly didn't say anything about it, or at least didn't say anything publicly, to my knowledge. So why is our own manager calling him out for this crap in public? Like, I I don't like it, but I would get it if he said, okay, we need to just go have a conversation in the locker room. But you don't say that to the media. You don't shit on your own guys. Yeah. No, you just don't. You you gotta be supportive. And, and he is in every other context, which is what makes this so notable to me also. Like, obviously it would suck if he were going around talking smack about the players or like telling the media about negativity in the clubhouse but it's not like it's a pattern with him and he's also not said anything about anybody else bat flipping yeah and it's also he knew he was gonna option him like severino's optioned he's not playing he's you know he's in syracuse as of this afternoon yeah because weeders is back up so like he he's not going to be able to hit home runs very often. So, and you know, he's getting demoted. Let him freaking enjoy it. What does it hurt? like? Who does it hurt? 
play the game the what way? Yeah. Well, okay. I do think given that this is a, um, not a white manager that maybe we should, that's a nuanced thing that we shouldn't insert ourselves into. Yes and no. I mean, yeah. I I would not claim to know what's Sid's phrase. I don't care what's in an umpire's heart. I do not claim to know what is in Davy Martinez's heart, but internalized racism is a thing. Right, but as a white person, I'm very uncomfortable talking about the in, the horizontal aggression of player of color, manager of color racism. Like I feel like that is not something that I am, should be talking about because it's not my business. Like it is I that is a thing that does not need my white opinion. Okay. I mean, I respect I respect that, but at the same time, I have to say like people who are not white can enforce the the whiteness of a game. Oh, absolutely. And that is sort of where I'm getting at. Like non-white umpires do eject non-white players because the umpire part supersedes the non-whiteness part and sort of the perceived the friction between players and umpires that is often racialized does pervade even interactions between two non-white people and so this is i think a case you know dave martinez he's 53 he came up playing i don't know what his his sort of the attitudes he was inculcated with in playing were specifically like but i can tell you there's some stuff where age is going to factor into it a lot and sort of the the understanding of this is the way the game is is still a something that is pretty fraught with assumptions about what is what is and what is aren't what isn't a correct way to play i, I guess I, I, I yeah and to be clear i I just wanted to throw out that Davey Martinez is born, he was born in New York and he grew up in the yeah. U.S. player development system, which racially is one thing, but also the the environment in which you were raised and the cultural environment in which you were raised does make a difference. So a Latino player who grew up in the U.S. going through the U.S. player development system will have been taught certain cultural norms, whereas a player of the same exact ethnicity who grew up in a Latin American country, you know, Venezuela, for example, um, if he grew up in Venezuela and he learned the norms of the leagues there, um, then that would provide a different context, even if they had the exact same right. original I, ethnic background. I don't disagree with anything either of, you, either of you guys are saying. I'm just saying, from my perspective, like I am very comfortable critiquing the system that got, got us to this point, but I feel very uncomfortable trying to assess the same judgments when it is a when it is a horizontal thing, and I am not in that horizon. And I think that's a very I think that's a very fair point to make. I I totally get where you're coming. I from. Critique the system that maybe made this with made this happen for Dave Mart Dave Martinez, but I don't know that that's what made. I don't know if that's necessarily what's going on with him. You know, you bring up the point that he was raised in New York and he was not raised in Venezuela, and so there might be a Pedro uh, Severino is from the DR. Or I'm sorry, just to DR. Be clear. Um, Sorry, I pulled Venezuela as a random example. Yeah, just so I, apo I apologize. Country. Yeah, but but Sevi is is I was like he's from he's from the DR, and there's a huge but and there is a huge amount of friction between players from the DR who have a different ap cultural approach to bat flipping in particular right. than players in the U.S. Much like players who play in Korea often have you know sort of the culture is very elaborate bat flips, which again awesome, keep it going, guys. 
But but I'm yeah. saying like there are nuances in there that I don't feel like I do not feel that I have any business trying to tease apart because it's not my conversation. That's all I'm trying. I, I kind of feel like if it's about if if Dave Martinez decided to make it a public conversation, then it can be publicly commented on. Like if if it were sort of like a rumor has it that Dave Martinez went to Pedro Severino and was like, hey, yo, don't do that. That's one thing. But when you say I went to do this because I wanted to enforce this as a norm, then we can talk about the norm. Right. We can talk about the norm. I, I wasn't I'm sorry. I wasn't trying to like shut down talking about the norm. I was trying to say that I didn't want to comment on the interpersonal nature of that between specifically Dave Martinez and specifically Pedro Severino. Okay. I mean, I, I wasn't really trying to, to do that. So. Well, no, I, I was just seeing it before we even got started. That's all. I, you know, I, I have to say like, this was not my favorite thing that Dave Martinez has ever done. He decided to, to, to one enforce discipline, which I, I have found consistently, no matter who is doing it to be silly at best and pretty racialized in terms of the way that it works at worst mm-hmm. and and he decided to pitch Jeremy Hellickson sick so like it ain't it ain't a great week to be him um and so right now I am not super inclined to give him a tremendous benefit of the doubt because he has made two pretty bad managerial decisions back to back but like I don't know if if there's a takeaway of it it's maybe at the very least don't talk smack about your own guys in public or what was it that I saw, which was like, you know, if, you, if you're going to get on somebody's case for acting like they've been here before, maybe you should act like you've been here before, too, and not do this <laughs> kind of nonsense. I mean, he was acting like Mike Buffini. True. That is not a good uh, model to follow. <laughs> yeah, he was acting like Mets, Mets management who are like, did you know? That Matthew Harvey likes to party. And we're like, you traded him. Come on. <laughs> like, get over it. Stop it. Um, I, I don't know how familiar you guys are with the Boston Bruins and their I've heard some stuff. bizarre approach to trades. Not with their bizarre approach to trades. I have spent an inordinate amount of time in places with life-size posters of them because North Station is a thing that exists, which I'm <laughs> sorry to tell you. I have been at during the Stanley Cup. Oh, oh, oh no. God. No. Why? I just wanted to get on a train. Has Laura been a ghost the whole time? It was before the game. They were not God. as drunk. I, well, like, I want to just gift you a suit of armor or something. Thank in you. Case that ever I, I just kind of I just kind of pinballed from like large burly man to large burly man until I got to the train. I was just trying to get home. Like this was a this was like a regular yeah. commuter day. And I was trying to get home from work. And fool that I was, I did not think to check the hockey schedule before going home. <laughs> my, my point in bringing that up was just, so the Bruins traded away Joe Thornton. They traded away um, uh, Tyler Sagan. They traded away uh, Phil Kessel. They traded away Dougie Hamilton. All of these people are good at hockey. Yeah, I've heard of three of those. Yeah, Sagan, not Sagan, but yeah, I, I didn't pronounce it Seguin, so be happy. It it I looks like Seguin. Didn't know that that wasn't how it was pronounced because I've yeah. only ever seen it in writing. Yeah, um, but like, so all of those people are are moderate all stars, and Dougie Hamilton is pretty good. 
Um, but after each trade, they were like, did you know, blah, 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 blah. And like to this day, we'll still talk about like talk smack on people they traded. And so like, I don't know, act like you've been here before to Dave Martinez. I'm like, unfortunately, this is how organizations act. It's just a shitty yeah, way to be. Not the right organization. But yes, I take your point. I take your point. Um, don't, don't dump out your laundry. Yeah. And and don't pitch Jeremy Hellickson when he's like green oh and pukey. I mean, oh, he was acting like he was there before because we did that to Drew Storen. Somebody pointed out on Twitter that the last time an ads pitcher played sick, it was Strauss in the playoffs. And I'm like, look, I know that that happened to work out, but I still just don't think this is an argument for doing it. And that was the playoffs yeah, it's versus a, the Marlins. It's a different leverage situation. <laughs> like, Plus, didn't he just like have a bad reaction to mold? Is that what it was? Or no, like, Strauss. Not that, like it sounded, it sound, Strauss did. Like it sounded awful, don't get me wrong. But like, I feel like that's easy. You just give him a lot of steroids and fluids. It's not like he had to clear an infection. I'm not entirely sure we ever got the true story with what happened with Strauss. But he was molting. Clearly, clearly, could, like he could be patched up and put out there. Puking <laughs> is not the thing you can just like. I mean, like, you could put a patch over somebody's mouth, but that sounds like a bad plan. I don't think that stops puking, Kay. That just contains it temporarily. <laughs> I know. Uh, hence, hence the bad plan <laughs> there. Um, if you really, really wanted to, you could have band around his esophagus oh. but that's surgery and i think that's more than they yeah. wanted to do yeah so i i mean i know that we didn't oh no because we did have at least an option first of all who was it that came into like blanking on his name right now who was it that came in that came into to oh no that's right never mind i apologize he did not come in because helixon had to sit out there and eat it um but like rodriguez yeah, they brought up Rodriguez specifically to spot for Helixson if they needed to. And then they didn't use him for like a gajillion years. And um, obviously he did a good job the, later in the series, but like Matt Grace pitched a solid four innings the other night. Like, why couldn't he have done that? Mark Reynolds pitched a scoreless frame. <laughs> Mark Reynolds has a zero ERA. Yeah. <laughs> I bet he taunts Max with it. I mean... If I had a zero ERA, I would write that like in Sharpie and then run for my Technically, life. Technically, you do, because you have not allowed any runs to score in many innings. I, I. But has she gotten any outs? That's a good point. Yeah, I think, I think if if I if I had a zero ERA and I had actually pitched, <laughs> I, there is no time we're in conversation with Max Scherzer. I would not bring that up. Same. I would be murdered, but it would be really fun. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I wanted to maybe transition to talking to about uh, Mark, Mark Reynolds. Uh, Mark Adams or um, Kitten Reynolds, Cat Reynolds. Matt Stevenson? Adrian, Adrian, Adrian Ross? Who are we talking about? Um, our, new, our, our new favorite traffic cone, to use Sydney's term. Uh, well, some of our new favorite traffic cone, I believe uh, a one Jen Rubenstein favors a different traffic cone. <laughs> I, okay, our collective as a Nats fan base. Not ours as the podcast, but our collectively as a fan base. Um, I think he could probably 
piss on the mound at Nats Field and everyone would be like, we love you. So don't do that. Like no body fluids other than spit and, and sweat. <laughs> and there's a lot of body fluids on the mound. Don't eat off the mound, guys. Is this why everyone's sick? Somebody eat mound dirt. Well, you know, they've had like brunches and like crab bakes and stuff out there. There, people could have eaten off that mound. Oh God, they really need an infection control officer. Uh, I know you're vo- you're volunteering, right? Oh, of course I am. Um, they were like, "Oh, we bleached the cobwebs." I'm like, "Why is that not every other week?" Yeah. And what concentration did you use? And did you leave it for long enough? A- and did you follow it with some 95% ethanol and some flame? Like, <laughs> look. Please, please use sterile technique. Um, so we were talking about this, not on the podcast, just when we were all hanging out together this weekend. Woo! Um, you guys were trying to decide what virus it was that Helixon had. And I was flashing back to a conversation during spring training about the whatever it is you can get from camels. But I couldn't remember what you guys MERS. said you can get from camels. Is it at all possible this is the camel spit thing? It's MERS. I don't think they have MERS. Okay. I couldn't remember what I couldn't remember what the camel virus was. So. Well, so the problem is we don't know what anybody's symptoms have been. We were thinking that they were throwing up, but like I don't know if that was actually confirmed. Will any of you go to Lara's house for diagnostic oh, testing? Wait, wait, wait. MERS can give you GI symptoms. Really? It can. How long is the it? It is named after the respiratory syndrome, but it can be a cause of diarrhea, nausea, vomiting, and kidney failure. Was was Helixon actually throwing up, or did he just look like he needed to throw up? I don't think we knew that anybody actually threw up. Yeah, because you can look like you need to throw up without ever actually doing it, because you just feel so Yeah, bad. I mean, Strauss does it every time he pitches. Yeah. <laughs> I, he, do we think he has a legit sweat disorder? Some people just sweat more. No. I, what, like hyperhidrosis? Uh, yeah. Or like a small fiber neuropathy? I, one of those I'm an ecologist like does he have a troll does it make him sweat <laughs> I think a small fiber neuropathy would make you not sweat actually but nobody quote me on that because I just thought it might sound good to say and I know it has something to do with sweat does he have an anti-diuretic hormone deficiency but for like regulation of sweat like... <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I know I'm grasping at straws because I mostly understand population models and I do not understand why Steven Strasburg is so wet. But like, what is happening? All right. So so to, to put the camel question to rest once and for all, the incubation period for this particular coronavirus maxes out at 14 days. Oh, yeah. I was wondering about that. So, it's, so unless there's camels still in the clubhouse, this is not one of those viruses like hepatitis or whatever that just like goes latent and then shows up again either you get it within a couple weeks of being exposed or you is don't. there a camel still in the so now the question though. is yeah is there still a camel in the clubhouse i'm gonna pause it yes because it sounds like the type of terrible decision that would have been made by what's happening <laughs> right now so yes there is still a camel somewhere in the clubhouse and guys if you want to get over your hump analogy i have other suggestions and scene. Nothing. I am retracting what I was No, no, say. no. Say it. Say it out loud. No one's listening. It's fine. Nope. It's good. We're good. We're good. We're gonna... Do you know who's not sick, but is in Syracuse? Sammy. Sammy was a starter until four years ago, Solis. Like, Luann on Twitter, his sister, like, volunteered him. 
she was like, hey, he can start. Like, send him back. It was also, they sent him down the week that, like, his family was all in town, too. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, I'm not going to start because I'm, like, kind of unspeakably angry about that. I, I am upset about it. And I also, but I also completely understand the logic of it. And it's just one of those things that makes me, like, there was no, all of this sucks. This all sucks. Bryce hit a homer. I was just going to throw out a, like, campaigning for Sammy to start rather than Jeffrey Rodriguez, who gave up six runs in the first two innings. But we are now only down by three. I I I, I think there's potential with Jeffrey Rodriguez, but I think he's, his turkey timer is not. Yeah, I mean, I'm not like fire him into the sun, but I'm like, he's not the solution to our problems right now. I would say, yeah, if anything, bring... Uh, bring Sammy back and put San Rodriguez back down. I guess the only the only real question is because we only really ever see, except in very rare circumstances, you see a starter get converted to a reliever and you don't see the reverse happen, barring the O's terrible choices, which I think never actually happened. Yeah, I was gonna say we were taking shots at the O's and then and and we were taking shots at the Mets about like starting Jerry Blevins. Yeah, I mean, I guess Sammy could be the horse in our kitchen, but like, <laughs> like that's that. There's like cobbling together uh, one whole starting pitcher out of several relievers, but then there's actually converting a reliever back to a starter. So I don't. I mean, I would love it if that would that was even an. I mean, hell, if Sammy could just give us like four innings. That would be amazing. Um, yeah, and, that's cobbling and together one full pitcher, kind of thing. Yeah, I, I think doing a bullpen game, given just like if Hellickson was just sick, mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense. Like, you know, pr- press, make a bar of soap from all the other little bits of soap. That's That'll work for a little while. And we only need it to work for a little while. Yeah. Emergency situation, not long-term strategy. Yeah. So, like, don't do not do it. Don't do the raise. But, like, no, we weren't taking shots at the Dodgers for doing that when Rich Hill had a blister other than, like, right. on your hands more, I guess. Right. Right. So, like, yeah, it, it, it could have been solved that way rather than making him go out. And I mean, also, and I say this with a a tremendous amount of love. Hellickson's already like shaky. First of all, coming back from the DL. um, And second of all, you know, he was the guy, he was like the poster boy for do not get past two times through the lineup. Right. Yeah. And he's not the guy you send sick. He's the guy you let take a nap in one of the comfy leather chairs in the, in the, in the clubhouse. Like, or send him home so he doesn't infect everybody else. Well, yes. <laughs> and just speaking of the rotation, I mean, we all love Gio and Tanner, but like with Gio and Tanner in the place where they currently are, do we really need another shaky starter to round that lineup out? No, we need a rock. Although, honestly, Tanner needs to grow all of the hairs back and then maybe his power will come back. Because I think the decision to shave off the beard and then the hair, it's like, you don't know where your, do you not understand where your power lives, Tanner? Do you think he's Samson? Yes. Oh, Samson played football in high school too. No, I mean, I mean, much has been made at this point of whether this is a team that looks like it could or should make the playoffs. And frankly, I love them, but the way they look right now, I'm going to go no. And that doesn't mean that I'm panicking or burning the world down. It just means that, no, they're going to need to add in a couple of positions before the deadline. And they're going to need Tanner and Geo to figure their goddamn shit out. Or they're not going to make the playoffs. 
I think even with the team as it stands right now, they could. Um, whether they should, whether that's a great idea for everyone involved is a different question. But yeah, I mean, if if either one, if one of the two of them, if Tanner or Geo righted his personal ship, that would go a huge way. And the one thing is Tanner was pretty solid in the back half of last season, so there is some precedent that maybe he'll like shore up. Um, but we need an we need an insurance policy here. Yeah, and and Jeremy Hogson and Jeffrey Rodriguez are not an insurance policy. They were both supposed to be short term patch jobs. You know, right. it, it's it's the patch job on your tire not getting a new tire. And you were saying before, you know, we've got Joe Ross hopefully coming back in August. And again, I love, I love Joe Ross. But timeline from Tommy John is not dependable. He might come back and be everything we need in the world, but I'm not comfortable having that be what we lean on. Yeah, we can't assume that that's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we just can't put all our eggs in that basket. So... As the trade deadline approaches, there's just, there's got to be something going on there. There's got to be. And if there's not, you know, you don't have to win every year to, for things to be fun. And I said that on Twitter and got, you know, shouted at for it. But no, I mean, I mean, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to love this team no matter how stupid they are. But, you know, either we're going to make some adjustments and we're going to fill in some gaps, or we're not. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. And I'm going to love them either way. But, like, we're, we're there. We're, we're essentially at the trade deadline. We've got a couple weeks to get shit together. And then either we get it together or we don't. And all of this stuff was stuff that we started the season knowing were, was going to be an issue. Absolutely. Like, None of this is new. Yeah, like, oh, do we need a better catcher? We do. Should we have kept JT Real Muto and kept him from getting on the plane? Because we're like... We're sorry. He's trying to get on the plane with far too many fluids or something. <laughs> um, he, he has to remain here. And here, here's an outfit with your name on it, sir. Um, <laughs> doesn't have sleeves on it. Don't ask. Uh, <laughs> but like, you know, do we need another casual? Do we need a better fist starter? Yeah, we knew. Does everyone in the world always need better bullpen arms? Yes. Can very few people cobble together a decent bullpen for whatever reason? Also, Yes. Uh, I think that's a universal truth that should just be engraved at the, oh, at the entrance of every major league ballpark. It is a truth <laughs> universally acknowledged that a major league team must be in want is in need of, a- of, of a few decent bullpen arms, including like a loogie guy. I know they're going extinct, but like still, you know, Jane Austen like missed just very slightly. <laughs> yeah. Just by about a hundred years or so. There was I oh ooh ooh fun John fun Jane Austen fact. Sorry, I just got really excited. Um, there is one mention of baseball in Jane Austen's books. Really? Yes, they have it at the Baseball Americana exhibit at the Library of Congress. I believe it is Mansfield Park. It is a passing mention of what one of the characters is interested in, and she is interested in baseball. Really? Yes. I don't remember it that well, so I did read it, but I don't think it was, like, life-changing. Um, but... I think for Throwback Day, we should we should probably... They should probably play in uniforms that look like what Darcy was wearing in the TV miniseries from the 90s. Yeah, wear some uh, early 1800s peerage outfits. I think I, I'm very in favor. 
I think they're already playing in short pants half the time. Well, there you go. It's not that much to, to throw on a... <laughs> Space Jane Austen baseball. That's what we need. <laughs> uh, I'm like 90% there. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but do they have cravats, though? And, like, waistcoats? Somebody's a robot. Is that helpful? Is that what you meant? Always. Always. Can you put the robot in a waistcoat? Shit, why not? Uh, <laughs> I, Laura was like, so guys, yeah, podcast listeners, I'm, I'm writing a book. It's about space baseball. Yes, you can read it when it comes out. Yes, please buy it. Um, it I don't have a published yet because it's not finished. Um, but, you know, Laura was like, you need to stop taking requests for I things. did. I said that this weekend. And I'm like, yeah. I don't know. I can stick a robot baseball player in a cravat. I have that kind of power. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't seem like a bad idea. I forget what it was that somebody was asking you for over the weekend that just like seemed like a much bigger task. Um, and so the reason that I was concerned about that was mostly because I don't want other people's major requests to get in the way of you actually fulfilling mine. Jen Rubenstein was asking me to make it like some of the books that she enjoys, which if you do not know the genre of book that she enjoys, I encourage you to follow her on Twitter Mm -hmm. and ask. Ah, yes. Well, so I mostly wanted like a side novella about lesbian catchers. Yeah, I said I could do that. But so like, I don't want, I don't want any other major requests from any other people to jeopardize that. That's really where my interest is. It's not about your workload. It's about my personal need for a novella about lesbian catchers. I, I said we could make that happen, probably. Cool. As <laughs> okay. long as we're all on the same page about this. We are We are all on the same page about it. Hell, uh, let the lesbian catchers also wear waistcoats. Everybody wears a waistcoat, particularly. <laughs> um, just 100%. Um, I have no good way to say this, but I guess speaking of women in baseball, please everybody stop explaining baseball to Chelsea James. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Um, they, I'm not... guy... Go ahead. What? what that, that guy got dunked on by all of freaking Twitter? Yeah, exactly. Like, thankfully, the reaction to that, for once, was correct. I mean, yeah, the context was basically um a dude on twitter in response to a chelsea james tweet was just like it's okay if your baseball iq isn't that high as long as you enjoy the game and it was about it basically explained what a squeeze like a squeeze play was to her and her response was hilarious which was to quote tweet it and go oh now i get it <laughs> um and then everyone dunked on that guy for a while um but yeah like Pro tip, men on Twitter, if you're like, hmm, should I explain baseball to a baseball beat reporter for a major publication, I should not. I was just going to say, if I feel the urge, men, if you feel the urge, men on, on the baseball Twitters, to explain baseball to a woman on the baseball Twitters, or a woman, you know, who hasn't asked you a specific question, maybe resist the urge. In general... Regardless of whether or not she writes for a major paper. Yeah, I had some guy. Well, I actually had several encounters with men at the ballpark this weekend. Um, But one of whom particularly tried to mansplain the the ass pat to me. What? Whoa. Is it because they like hitting each other on the ass? Yeah. Well, so I was talking to the, the, the women that he was with. 
I don't know exactly what the family structure was. And they were all perfectly lovely, by the way, um, about how we all thought it was kind of funny that Severino was giving the pitcher. I forget who was pitching. It may have been Hellickson. Um, I think it was Hellickson. And Severino like gave him a slap on the ass after a mound visit confab and then went back to his position. And I just sort of commented that even though I know that it is the norm, um, I found it kind of funny because I feel like it's usually like the veterans, you know, slapping the younger dudes being like, good job, buddy. You know what I mean? And so the fact that it was Sevy who is, I don't know, 20 years younger, not quite 20 years younger than Helixson, but like a lot younger and a lot less experienced than Helixson. In spite of the fact that that was the norm in that situation, I still found it amusing that he did it given the age and experience gap. And so these two women agree with me and we're just giggling about it, you know, and, and the dude turns to me and he goes, well, you know, like the, the catcher usually calls the game and, and he's in a position where he's making the decisions so is that how that works that's the point of the joke you were making that's that's explaining your own budget. right and i'm like I, I i i don't think you see me sitting here with my scorebook like like in my hat that's signed making jokes about social norms in the game and you think i don't know that the catcher calls the game I feel at there's there are certain points where just going nobody spoke to you should be the just the end point of a conversation of hmm, nobody spoke to you, buddy, and we're done. Yeah, I mean, and and he just sort of backed off when I was like, oh no, I know, but and then repeated all the things that I had just said, and then you know went back to whatever he was doing eating. Cracker Jacks or whatever and I went back to talking to the women in his party and having a great time and so that was really sort of best case scenario mansplaining in that he dropped it when it became clear that I did not need him to Um, I was kind of surprised at the game after that where I was sitting with Jen that nobody got just like thrown violently over a railing by nobody you mean the guy the guy who kept turning back to talk to y'all either the guy in front of us or the guy behind us so the guy in front of us kept turning around to talk to us. Um, at one point, literally offered us candy. No. And I actually took some because it was wrapped. And, like, I checked for holes. And I figured that, like, after everything that he said to me, the least that he owed me was a freaking Twix bar. Um, but so this was the gentleman who saw fit to inform myself and Jen Rubenstein. Boy, you girls sure are hot keeping score wildly misread that scenario let it be entirely clear that jen rubenstein is in no way a girl and that sure i might look like i'm 16 but that doesn't mean that i appreciate being called that nor do i appreciate being told that it is hot that i keep score by a stranger in his 50s at a ball game when okay if the fact that i'm sweating like a racehorse is attractive to you that's great for you but keep it to your damn self you know, I have to. We've talked about this on a on a couple of things, and I, you know, if this is a tangent, we don't even want to touch on. This doesn't happen with guys our age. Have, I'm sure you guys have noticed this. It is literally always men who are 20 to 30 years older, at least in my ex- personal experience. Like, I don't. It, it's never like, I, and it's not like guys our age, our collective age, are like good dudes who are smart like they're shitty too what is our collective age Kay? 
halfway between Juan Soto and Davey Martinez. <laughs> no, I meant, I meant the three of us. Our, our average age is probably what? About like 28, right? I'm not actually going to do the math right now because I don't care. It's not like dudes in this, in our age group are like super on top and like very feminist, much smarts. Like it's, they're not, we know that they're not, but this kind of shit only happens in my personal experience with dudes who are at least 20 to 30 years older than me, at least. It's true. It's true. And I think, I mean, I've had it where like, I've been sitting with, this is the first year I've had my own scorebook. Um, But there've definitely been times in the past where like Grace had her scorebook and there were guys close to our age who started chatting about like, oh, that's cool. Like, do you guys come here a lot? Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, still in a way saw fit to comment on the fact that we were keeping score and that we were women, but in a much, much less disgusting way. Like, sure, okay, like maybe you don't know that many other women who keep score. Like, I might roll my eyes at you a little bit, but if you comment on it in a nice way, that's totally different. Yeah, there, there's nice ways to, to talk about it, but... And yeah, I mean, I just feel like the few times that it has been younger guys who have commented on it, it's been in a much nicer way. Whereas you're right, like it's it's the guys old enough to be my father who want to call me a girl and tell me that it's hot that I like it's baseball. The, it's the juxtaposition of that, I think, that is the especially... I mean, he was literally there with his sons who were closer to me in age than he yeah. was. I mean, it would be one thing, I mean, it would be obnoxious as shit regardless, but it'd be one thing if it was like a very paternalistic, I see you as my daughter. And so, oh, look at that. I wish my daughter kept score. You know, (laughs) but then adding hot to the girls. Yeah. And and I think the, I, I mean, I will even say broadening it out, the general approach to if you're going to talk to a stranger at a baseball game it should not be with the tone of look at that dog on its hind legs oh my god it's doing a trick what was our like sixth episode title like oh girl dogs can't like girl dogs can't play basketball yeah like look at that girl dog water ski um (laughs) yeah and he was also he was just also particularly gross he was this you know older middle-aged white dude and there was uh, an african-american couple sitting to his left and he kept leaning across the guy in the couple to tell the woman how she was supposed to be participating in the different things, like the clapping and the standing and the this no. and the that. Did she fucking like, ask? Aggressively telling her specifically, you need to be doing this right now. Oh my God. Yeah. And he was kind of, she, she just kind of kept being like, okay, like stop talking to me, please. Can I make, can I make us shirts that we can or may, we may or may not put in our store that just say, did I fucking ask? <laughs> like i said no one please. of the most powerful things is nobody spoke to you my my twitter usual is 1-800 did i ask and yeah. i feel like that's actually a little bit of a brand right now for me so i would love that on a t-shirt 1-800 did i ask how about just if you hear a mansplain baseball to me don't oh that would make a good t-shirt we we could put that on a t-shirt we could probably sell some of those t-shirts uh to to capitalize off off of you but like i would like that so the main reason that nobody actually punched this guy is that he eventually switched seats with someone else in his party and was therefore further away from all of us and was no longer doing this. Did not have to. If this had gone on for if this had gone on for more than a couple of innings, I w- I I was actually considering asking ballpark security to do something about him because he kept bothering us. I mean, he just wasn't stopping. He wasn't stopping bothering this other woman, he wasn't stopping bothering us. 
and I had had it by the time he moved, and that thankfully was not very far into the game, um, or some was going down. And then there was a guy behind us who just would not shut up, sitting by himself, talking to the ether about how much Bryce and Geo sucked. Well... Just like angrily to the universe at large in the middle of a game. And I get it. You're allowed to be upset. Like, I'm not trying to be tone police here. I know I sometimes come across that way on Twitter because I try so hard to be chipper. But like, I get it. It's tough. You're allowed to be upset that these guys are struggling. But Jesus Christ, you don't have to shout it into my ear for six innings straight. The same thing over and over again. Throw strikes, Geo. Throw strikes. Shut up. I, was that the one who Jen showed the showed on um the the yes, pitch track. yeah on pitch track or on well it's I, well yeah but uh had the the nat strike zone or whatever and showed like geo was throwing strikes they were called balls they were in the middle of the zone yeah yeah that was that yeah. guy that guy also eventually i think either moved or shut up but that was i mean like talk to your friends about what you want to talk to talk to your friends about but if you're gonna sit by yourself in the middle of the row shouting angrily to the world how about you just don't i was like or, or get on twitter and say no, it. But, like that's fine but also right. maybe don't on twitter either <laughs> I, but at least on like twitter, at least I that's can... kind of what that's for yeah. yeah like i'm trying to enjoy the game this was the game where like we did end up winning it, it, it was a walk-off. It was really fun. Like, in spite of these two males of the species, we actually had a pretty great time. I was with Tina and other Jen, and we had awesome seats, and, like, they're fabulous, and thank you so much to them for including me in that crew, because we had a really great time. But, man, the, the, the men. Why? <laughs> the men why i'm just gonna stop there because i don't have anything else to say why why the men why well and it's also just a case of if your team is struggling don't boo your own team like i know in the the when we were losing nine zero and then you know before before we came back and trey turner did a trey turner thing and matt adams did a bunch of matt adams things oh they were booing yeah i was really not happy yeah with like it. don't boo your own guys if you want to get up and proclaim how Geo needs to throw strikes, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to call it. That is what Twitter was invented for because I can mute you. True. Um, you know, I can mute anybody. I can unfollow you. I can block you. I have ways of, we have ways of just not listening to people on Twitter. And it wasn't even just like Geo needs to throw strikes, which is a fairly annoying, but neutral statement. It was also like, that player from the other team is going to hit a home run right now because he's pitching so badly. Next batter. He's going to hit a home run right now. There's no way. This is awful. This is terrible. We're going to lose. He's going to hit a grand slam. I'm like, are you? do you want that to happen? Like, from your mouth to God's ears? This is exactly what we were talking about last episode. Was the, the This is not just a normal sort of, oh, God, okay. This is like, oh, my God, time to burn it down. I am mad. I am angry. I am going to tell everyone that I am angry. Clearly, one thing isn't going the way I want it to go or think it should go, and so therefore everything is garbage. Which, I I mean, it's not like I don't understand the feeling about life in general. Just throw it in the dumpster. But also, (laughs) I'm not shouting it at everyone. Like, you know, I understand that there are, like, times for that. (laughs) 
in my ear during what would become the record comeback yeah. was not that time. And exactly. to go full circle back to talking about Seattle. So normally the Mariners actually pretty much kill it on Twitter. Like they're, they're a really good Twitter follower. They're follow. They're really funny. Um, this is their sort of official account. Um, I hope they play the Marlins at some point. I know that, you know, we're not playing the NL West this year or the AL West this year, but like, I, I want to see them Two more go years. Twitter toe to toe. But, they had one of their broadcasters and I'm, and I'm hearing this from somebody on Facebook. So please take that with a, a, a grain that basically like the broadcaster and the, and a bunch of broadcasters have done this. You know, they zoom in on a bunch of women who are at the game who between innings are taking pictures of themselves together and like start ragging on them about how that's not how you're, you're, you know, you are supposed to be a baseball fan. And I'm like, that is so vastly less rude than loudly proclaiming how the team sucks during the freaking game. Or in the case of one young man who decided to stand in front of yeah. my seat during an at bat. Like I was going to say, like this just happened to you the last two games you went to. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I'm just like, dudes, please stop standing literally not like in the row in front of us literally in front of me on my seat which fortunately i had my scorebook in case saw this i kind of um moved him bodily would you say that was a fair (laughs) assessment of what i did yeah i think so yeah um but like there's so much bad bad dude behavior that like girls taking pictures during inning breaks is not in the top 1000 terrible things i have seen happen during during games I would don't take them while the game's playing when you're standing against the glass because you might get hit in the head with a ball. But other than that, who cares? Do you? Yeah. Do you have fun? Um, Everybody, take pictures of yourself at baseball games. I took a picture when <laughs> Reynolds came in to pitch. It was of him, not of me, yeah. but I I took it because I Reynolds used to take pictures pitching. all damn game, and I stopped because I had like three thousand pictures, and my phone doesn't have the capacity for that, <laughs> and they were all really far away and fuzzy, so I stopped. I have p- pictures of Ichiro batting when he was on the Marlins on my phone. I'm never deleting those. Aww. Is it weird that there's not the sparkly annotation like that you can do on you know Insta or whatever, but I see it? Is that weird? <laughs> that like he has a sparkle filter on him? Oh, oh, oh. That took me a minute because I have neglected my Instagram for such a long time that I forget what's actually possible. Yeah, well. There. No, but like that's that's just Ichiro. Ichiro just has a sparkle filter. Um, but why don't we end on a more positive note? I was going to say, Laura, you had something you wanted to, uh, a shout out you wanted to give while we're here. And then I think we'll wrap it up for the night. Ooh, I had a couple of shout outs. So I just got home, um, from DC, which we mentioned cause I was there and it was great. And so thank you so much to everybody who fed me or drove me or hosted me. Y'all are amazing. But also specifically, there were a couple of people that I wanted to just shout out my love for. Um, so totally coincidentally, um, they were doing fireworks in Alexandria on Saturday night. And I was there with some friends. And all of a sudden, I'm scrolling through Twitter. And Ryan Deem is posting pictures from like 50 feet away from me. And I'm like, wait, what? So for anybody who doesn't follow him, you should. He's a big fan of ours. Um, thank you very much, Ryan. And he also is the pun master of Nat's Twitter. Although if anybody tells him I said that, I will denounce them as the liar that they are. Um, and he has potentially the cutest children of Nat's Twitter. 
Um, so I had the fabulous opportunity to meet him and his incredibly, incredibly cute children, which was fabulous. Um, and then the next day, just because I was like completely destined for cute overload, um, I had the opportunity to meet the best dogs of Nat's Twitter. And I know there are people, are people who would argue that, but I'm not gonna. The best dogs of Nat's Twitter. The Nerd Herd, the Frenchie Buds crew. They were amazing. I love them so much. Their lady is amazing. I love her so much. It, it was amazing. I died. I died of the cute. Like, like just so much cute happened. And I, I don't, I don't, I'm not like going somewhere with this. I just kind of wanted to let the world know how great it was. How many dogs is it? Well, so she owns three at the moment. So it's Willow, JJ, and Herc. But she was also dog-sitting neighbor dog Cleveland for the weekend. So we also got to meet neighbor dog Cleveland. And we got to help walk them. And it was amazing. And I, I, I'm, I'm Willow's mom now. Did you just roll around in a, in a basket of puppies? Like, like, kind of. Like, I sat down on the floor and they were all on me and it was amazing. It, it, was, it was like a commercial where, where somebody has puppies run at you, but it was real. Mm-hmm. doggy so the the they, they were amazing so like nat's twitter is just the gift that keeps on giving and i wanted to appreciate that because like 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 being so surrounded by those dogs and having like that moment was like potentially one of the most joyous moments ever so thank you to nat's twitter for that without whom it would not have been possible the all-star game going to be like we are like nats park is a basket and we're just going to fill it with puppies yes and the puppies are a little drunk the whole time yeah yeah that sounds like an accurate or i hope although i have to say you know if we're going to have a basket full of anything catterday worked really well for the nats so if if they want to do all-star game as like a basket of slightly drunk kittens (laughs) <laughs> like, that would also be very cool for me, personally. We just rub catnip all over Nats Park. <laughs> yeah, replace the... I mean, because, okay, the Nats are away right now so that they can spruce up the park for the All-Star game, right? So while they're there, just lift all the sod off, take it to a safe location, and then bring in the catnip plants. I'm just imagining Wilson Contreras rolling around on his back. <laughs> like, not usual, in the usual way I'm imagining that. Like, in... <laughs> In a different way. It's it's adorable. FYI. <laughs> How about this? How about we go out? Because uh, obviously uh, all-star stuff, main all-star stuff has been decided. Vote Trey. Vote Trey. Vote Trey. Because that's an abomination. But why don't we close it out by saying who we're happy that made it to uh, the all-star game from everywhere. Because it's not just the Nats that we're happy about. We've, we're happy about... Wilson Contreras rolling around in the grass. <laughs> Wilson Ramos. Wilson Ramos. The, the best Wilson. No offense to Contreras. Yes. And Wilson Ramos. Can we just keep him? Like, are we going to let him go Please. home? I don't think we should let him go home. He needs to stay. He, I'm, or rather, excuse me. He needs to come home. Agreed. Who else are we happy? I mean, okay. So Max is going. Uh, Do is going, which I'm super pumped. As... As is yeah. Smash as Mouth. Is Smash Mouth. <laughs> uh, we were going to talk about that, but I think we'll let that go. 
I mean, they basically badgered Smouth, Smash Mouth into going, hey, now you're a... <laughs> and we all went, <laughs> who, el- who else are we excited about? Kurt Suzuki? Kurt Suzuki, hopefully, fingers crossed. Hopefully. Hopefully. I don't know. It's it's going to be pretty great. Like, I guess I'll leave the last question, um, because we were discussing this before we started recording, which was, uh, who is the O's pity pick? And it's Manny Machado, yeah. as could be expected. Do we think Manny Machado will be playing in an O's uniform? <laughs> Come on, Star- I think he will not be. I believe he will be... Uh, do we want to make some predictions? I think he will be... Uh, the Dodgers are having problems with the luxury tax, but I think he's going to be a Dodger. I wouldn't be surprised if he were a Dodger. I don't know. I just feel like it's going to be somebody who comes out of the blue. Somebody with money to burn and nothing to lose. I mean, maybe the Yankees apparently just are like, oh, got to catch them all. Got it. I can't even remember who's playing um, third for the Yankees right now, except that he's like iffy. Um, a little shaky. I can't remember who it is. It doesn't matter. Um, but I, I mean, I would agree with the got to catch them all thing. So I guess the time will t- time will tell. And I think the precedent here is we talked about this with regards to Wilson Ramos like a month ago. I think the precedent is if he does go play, he will be playing officially for the O's, even if he is not an O anymore. The Yankees do lack third base depth. Sorry, I know that was super delayed. I'm actually going to vote Yankees not then. Yeah, um, they're going to come here with, I, I don't really know how Pokemon works, so I assume they just hover an app over him, and then he goes in their phone, and then he goes to <laughs> New York. <laughs> if that's not how that works, I don't care to know. I think rather than the Pokemon model, it's going to be the Elmer Fudd box on a stick with a bag of money under it. I, I, I mean, I think <laughs> it's get in, loser. We're going to New York. <laughs> you don't have to be in Baltimore anymore. Okay. Wow. He's already in the car. He's driving. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, well, we'll see. We will not be meeting again, the three of us, for an episode before the All-Star game. So you, by the time you hear from us, uh, these questions will be answered. And um, looking forward to that. I'm looking yeah. forward to meeting Dimitri Young and Chad Cordero and other Nats 2005, in, you know, Ryan Church. Ryan Church, my sister has a signed Ryan Church jersey. It is worth a jersey. <laughs> We're going to find a way to, to Ryan Church at the Fan Fest, but... Um, I feel like there will not be a line. Kay. Yeah. <laughs> well, who knows? Maybe every single person like your sister is going to be like, this is my time to shine. I, I mean, I, I feel like she once stalked a dude at a Montana single A game who was, a na- who was on the Nationals for a year who literally, and this is a verbatim quote, said when she was like, you were on the Nationals for a year, he said, I don't remember that. <laughs> Can your sister get on a plane? Because I do have an extra ticket. <laughs> Uh, that's a good question. I will actually ask because she would like to come on and talk about the Nats greats of 2005. So we can certainly have her on to celebrate the All-Star game. We can hear about the great days of Niger Morgan. <laughs> we we can we can have the president of the Roger Bernardino fan club. Oh, that's me. No, co-presidents then. Um, so, Laura, is there any queer fancy stats bonus for the All-Star game since Daniel Murphy will not be attending? Or is it just generic uh, Daniel Murphy? Business? Um, 
Not that I know of for the All-Star game. However, I will cross-reference when we have a final um, lineup with all the reserves and everybody, whether any of them or any of those people who there have been bonuses for in the past, um, like, was it Pilar that made homophobic comments and there were donation bonuses because of that? So I'll double check with Jen when we actually have final lineups to see if there's anybody worthy of a bonus, either for a good reason or a bad. Um, I would, I would advocate for um, Doolittle being there as worthy of a good bonus, um, particularly given that the July charity is smile, which is the organization that um, Sean and Aaron were um, making those videos about during pride month. So it seems apt but I will touch base on that. However, I do have the June total, which I don't think we've reported on. Um, so the June donation, if you don't recall, that was for Capital Pride. Um, and it came to $45.04. Nice. So there were a number of bonuses, both for, um, I think, quadrupled for Pride Night itself, or Night Out, rather. Um, and then... Geo made an appearance on Thirst Baseman, which is a bonus. <laughs> um, and there was one other that I'm blanking on. But basically, between all of the Pride bonuses, the June donation was $45.04 to Capital Pride if you are matching. And we will keep everyone posted on July. That pretty much sums it up. Uh, our social media catches Twitter, Resting Pitch Face with no G. Um, our website is restingpitchface.com. There's links to a whole bunch of other stuff, including our Zazzle store. If you want, you can also always uh, contact us at wrestlingpitchface at gmail.com. And we will see everybody on the other side of the official All-Star Game in DC. Finally. I know this is a stupid thing to get excited about, but finally. So. It's going to be a slightly drunk basket of kittens, and it's going to be our slightly drunk basket of kittens. <laughs> exactly. Let's fill that stadium with yarn and let them chase it for a while. That sounds like a much more fun all-star game for the I record. mean, that's basically it in that they yeah. it's all made up and the points don't matter. So <laughs> it's essentially chase yarn, guys. <laughs> and laser pointers. <laughs> We're getting, I'm trying to get us out of here. <laughs> I know, but, but I just imagine Manny Machado trying to like pounce on a laser pointer. Like, the Catterday oh, graphics God. were great. Maybe the Nats, peop, the Nats team can... um social media team can really like boost that up um i'm Kay, and i want to see laser pointer all-star game i'm laura and i also want to see laser pointer all-star game and i'm sydney let's get everyone high on catnip and roll around in the yard <laughs> let's go nats <laughs> let's go nats <laughs> let's go nats please come back tyler just not the same since you went away We really miss your eyewear And the way you confused that is at the plate There's a seat for you right next to Drew And we need you to pitch the aid Besides there's no other team Uses chocolates as a celebrate